And that's Elton John with Saturday Nights, Saturday Nights All Right for gambling and for our purposes. Uh, we got a big Saturday card. And by the way, if you have not seen Rocket Man, the, uh, uh, the sort of the biography of Elton John, it's really worth the time and it's a lot of fun to watch. Uh, a lot of great music and um, I highly recommend it. Um, we're going to run a show one day where I'm kind of going to give you a little bit of the recommendations from Racing with Bruno's, things you can do with the family, things you can watch and enjoy movies. Uh, for example, uh, Togo, uh, it's on Disney uh, and it's uh, on your uh, Netflix and uh, Prime videos. Togo is a story of the origin of the Siberian Huskies. And I think you will really love the movie starring William Dafoe. And of course, Togo, uh, uh, the Siberian Husky, is just something to, to watch and to really enjoy. And having a little Siberian Husky myself, I can tell you they are uh, an incredible breed and they're so much fun. I'm a big animal person. You know, between Michael Cassius and Joe, um, they, they uh, you know, they, they kind of they fill my day up. Um, and um, I hope you uh, follow my recommendation and do that. But for my recommendation for racing today is we've got all sorts of great stuff you know, around the country. We've got the withers up at uh, Aqueduct. We've got the Holy Bull here. So first of all, I know what's on your mind. What's the weather track conditions here at Gulfstream Park? Well, we're off the turf for everything except the two stakes on the turf. Everything will be run on the main. We handicapped for off the turf because we knew of the rain that was coming in. Also, uh, the main track, you don't. Uh, there's supposed to be rain, 80% rain chance between 1 and 3 p.m. There's a good chance that if the rain tapers off that you are going to get a fast track by the time we get to the Holy Bull. How does that going to affect the horses? Um, I, I think Gulfstream is a very interesting track because it's sand-based, very sand-based, and it's really below sea level. It's slightly below sea level. That's why it floods out um, when you get a lot of rain. And the reason is is that um, if you've got a high tide here, you know, comparing here to Del Mar, Del Mar there be be as in California there'd be as much as a six to seven foot swing in the tides. Here, it's only about a two foot, two feet. But if you are already below sea level, it becomes a, an issue to where it, it becomes um, even uh, three, four, five inches you know, uh, uh, of rain and water can actually flood you because you're already you're below sea level. So... This track being a sand-based track, when there's no rain and it's sun's out and the wind's out, it dries out and it becomes a beach. And it doesn't matter how much water they put on it, it becomes really hard to handle sometimes. And I found that, um, um, and I've just found that when you have horses that don't handle it, they'll show you when they work over those tracks how they're finding their footing a bit hard or difficult to, 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 to establish. I'll give you a great example and an analogy that you'll be able to absolutely grasp what my, my statement is. 
when you go to the beach and you're walking through the soft sand, how hard is that? That dry, deep sand that breaks out from underneath your flip-flops or your feet. It's very hard to get your footing. But as closer you get to the water and there's more dampness in it, you can get a real good hold. And how about a good hold of it? And how about when you get to where the water is coming up over, it's very firm. That's how much of a difference you can have in a sand track. Sandy-based racetrack. The ones that breaks out from under you because it's dry, the wind has dried it, and it is deeper to the same type of sand with water in it, near the water, uh, with, with water washing over it. And, and it's an amazing, amazing difference. So Gulfstream can be like that. It can be that loose track. Now, how does that play? When it's really loose and it breaks out from underneath you, you will see horses dip their head down in their works. It seems like it seems their, their noses are dipping down. Or they're taking steps where they're kind of, looks like they're going to fall down. They pick themselves up. It may not be that evident to you. And uh, as you hear the little Joe the Husky, who's uh, decided that his bull needs to walk with him. Anyway, as horses dip their head down, that's a sign they don't handle it. And that makes them very very unsure of themselves and it gives them doesn't give them any confidence just like you wouldn't have any confidence on a deep tiring sand base that you can't get a hold of you can't wait to get to uh, over to <laughs> get over to your to your uh, car or off the beach or but you can walk really great where the water hits where, where the water washes over the sand so as joe's decided to jump into the conversation um and um, <laughs> what do you do, right? Um, so that's what you have to deal with. And the wind is a big proponent of making dry tracks. More wind, dry gets, gets, very, um, gets very loose, and it's hard to keep water on it. It doesn't matter. You know, people say, oh, they dug it up. No, they didn't. It's because of the wind that dries it up, and they can't put enough water on it. What Gulfstream does, and you need to watch, and, 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 and Saratoga does the same thing. They will water the track and then, and then float it. And what they do, that's supposed to try to keep the water in the track. So you almost get those different tracks all of a sudden. After the fourth or fifth race, they do that. You get a completely different track than you had the first five races. And people say, oh, my God, that horse went 10 lanes, you know, 15 lanes faster than anything else early on. Well, yeah, because they changed the track on you. So if you use your figures and that figure maker doesn't know that, and he's using that seventh or eighth race as a, as a guide for the first or second, he's dead wrong, dead wrong. And that is one of the major problems in figure making is understanding what day, part of the day a horse ran over and how they affected the track. People say, oh, no, they sealed it and they sped it up or they dropped the arrows down and made it deeper. No, the wind picked up. They didn't put enough water on it. And I'll give you another big reason. When you have dirt, turf, turf, dirt race, you got an hour and a half to two hours where that track just sat there. 
Now they put water on it and it evaporated very fast off of it. So when you have dirt, turf, dirt, turf, that track sits there for an hour. If you have two turf races between main track races, it becomes an absolute different kind of track. That's why you saw Imperial Hint, Chancelot run the kind of races they did and then never repeated them. Why? Because that track was doctored up. They needed to put more water in it. They sealed it. And all of a sudden, it's much faster than it was the first few races. So if you're looking at the first few races and compared to the seventh or eighth or ninth race, you were dead wrong, as I mentioned earlier. So today, it'd be very interesting. I don't think tis the law who's not my pick in the Holy Bowl. He can win. Absolutely, he can win. At, at, at three to five, I don't need to go take him. He had no excuse whatsoever at Churchill Downs on a very sound, firm track with water in it. He was sitting behind the leaders. He was tugging hard on them. He wanted to go. He tried to make a couple of runs. He was blocked behind horses. But when that hole popped open, he, didn't, he went through and then he hung. And he took a long time to switch leads. He had shown the same thing before in the work before where he completely never he didn't switch leads in his work at Belma before he came over he, he's there's reasons why tag took him over to Gulfstream to work over there because he wasn't handling I don't think Paul Meadows very well he's a good horse but I think he's a very limited horse he's a compact horse in my opinion he doesn't go a mile and a quarter he doesn't go a mile and an eighth but here at Gulfstream, it's a mile and a 16th with a short run to the first turn and a short stretch. Those are horses that can handle that. Frosted handled it, I believe. Uh, Upstart handled it. Uh, you had Mohamed handle it. And, and, and they, they basically never did after that. This mile and a 16th prep with a short stretch, I don't believe it's any good for triple crown horses. People say, well, you know. Nyquist won at Gulfstream. Yeah, he won at a mile and an eighth, whereas he had to run all the way down the stretch. And what happened to Mohamed in that race? He made a move to the first wire. He, he, was, he was chasing to the first wire, and then he, 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 he tired. Why? Because that's where he thought the finish line was, and that's the only way he could go. It's as far as he could go. So there's a lot of different ways you can look at things and have an idea of what's happening. I really I, I put a lot in that mentality into the handicap. People say, well, you got to look at figures and biases. Well, if you don't know what the hell you're looking at on a screen, you know, on a track, how can you talk about bias? How can you say, oh, I know the, the track speed was winning? Yeah, but what kind of track was it? Was it a loose track that nobody else could handle and the speed got out there and it was a merry-go-round? Or was it truly where the inside lanes were good? I think there's so much bullshit about the inside lanes being good or bad. They're not three feet deeper. Folks, they're not. And most of the time, they're running five wide down the backstretch anyway. And it's not because the inside is bad. It's because of the way you, you, you run and you, and, and, and you accelerate into the turn. So a lot of people don't know what the hell they're talking about when they start talking about the inside lanes. They don't. See, Joe agrees with me. Um, but um, that's my point. We have a lot of good stuff for you today. I did want to talk about something. Tomorrow on my, um, for me, um, uh, for you to know, tomorrow I'm going to put a little blog out 
and I'm going to put together some props, some fun prop, prop suggestions for the Super Bowl. Um, and but, oh, ooh, wait a minute. I just said the word. I just said Super Bowl. Are they going to send Antonio Brown to my door? Or Richie Incognito? Or is Roger Goodell going to put a bounty on my head? Am I going to lose my two first two round draft picks for my fantasy league next year? Because I said that. Or would I get four to six game suspension on my NFL red zone next year? I shouldn't have said the word Super Bowl. Mm. I'm in trouble, folks. Any good lawyer out there want to help me? I give you 10 credits. But um, sign up for our Racing with Bruno discount packages. You can sign up for these newsletters. Um, and uh, the newsletters, I just sent one out this morning. And tomorrow we'll have some fun with the big game. And um, as I mentioned today at Gulfstream, 8th and 10th are on the turf. The rest of them are off. We handicapped accordingly. So, um, and I just had an interesting off-the-cuff new... Somebody just wrote me and said, is it me or is Turfway Park just impossible to handicap? It's impossible to handicap. You can't bet Turfway. You can't play Turfway Park unless you can actually tell me who's going to run in the clear and out of the kickback. Period. Brett, I hope that answers your question. Anyway, I uh, love talking to you guys. I love doing these podcasts when I get a chance to. And I hope that uh, you enjoyed it. A uh, little talk about the track and put that to work today at Gulfstream. I hope you have a great day. And I'm going to let you go with uh, some more Elton John. <laughs> 